back to another episode of Coffee Contracts and Cocktails, everybody. Tonight it is Corey and myself, Mono E Mono, <laughs> going at this podcast. Uh, this is the podcast, by the way, where we put the real back into relationships and the relationships back into real estate. That's what we do. That's what we focus on. We don't like being one night stands. So, <clears throat> uh, last week, uh, we touched on a great number of things. Um, but, uh, Corey, what are we going to dive into today? I think we're going to start off with just touching on a little bit more about preparing yourself, um, when you are selling, like right before, um, you're leading up until putting a house on the market, things that you can do to help yourself, your home, um, the process goes smoother. Um, and I think we're going to go into, um, once it's on the market and you're getting offers, like how to read those offers. Um, if you're not getting offers, maybe you do an open house in the beginning to attract some attention or if open houses are really relevant today um, and talk about how everything is kind of situational um, and some things with like the offers um, and what certain sellers may be looking for. It's not always the same for everybody. So, yes. All right. So first things first, what do you want to hit on? Um, let's look at some things to do, um, specifically, um, that not everybody does or that help out, um, and make that process easier. Ah, you're referring to what we posted earlier this week on the Archon Park Facebook page. I am. That <laughs> would be a spring checklist and a springtime checklist, which you obviously cannot see right now, but if you hop over to our Facebook page, uh, Archon Park Properties, you can catch it there. Um, goes over a good number of things. Um, it's actually a really easy, I say really easy list. You may find some that have like 50, 60 things on them for springtime checklists. This is a nice, uh, a nice one to look at um, and go through. So um, one that I always recommend is, and you can't always do it, but start on the outside work your way in landscaping well and top to bottom so check your gutters make sure that they're clear uh then you know your landscaping if you have a front porch get that nice and clean and tidy um landscaping and then yard like i went a little overboard and i even trimmed the dead grass <laughs> just so i had nice clean clean crisp lines like that i mean that was a little much but um especially now during you know um covid times going through um wiping down all the doorknobs wiping down the doors themselves where like we all push the doors open and you have those nice like black smudge marks you know from all the grime and everything you should probably wash those off um floors baseboards uh dusting your fans get those down i mean that's a great number of things. Again, just hop over to the Facebook page um, and find the uh, spring cleaning checklist. That would be a great place to start. Yeah, I, getting ready. I think some of those smaller things 
when you do, uh, I say a lot of them, when you do a good number of them put together, it, it does make a difference when you're walking through and you're like, oh, this is like, it, the house like feels clean. It feels like the owners really cared about the home and, and sure. you're like, oh, okay, I'm in like a well-established, like this is a good place rather than like, oh, this place is a mess. I have to spend the first week just cleaning. Right. So I highly recommend getting your register, <laughs> like taking all the registers off vacuum them down i don't care how you got to clean them clean those suckers off get all the lint and dog hair or cat hair whatever hair human hair get it get it off because that's those and baseboards are typically the ones get those get those dust bunnies out of there um and i think a lot of times um so I guess that kind of starts to transition into our next point about open houses um, mm -hmm. and getting that foot traffic through. What would you say on open houses these days? Are you a fan of them? Um, do you think they're still worthwhile? What's their use for you? Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of, there's two sides of the coin. There's side for the agent where it's nice me because we can pick up clients that's that's what open houses are for um now they are nice during these times right now you have to be careful with how many people you have in the open house so is it really like that much better i don't think so um you know that's just me because um, you're hoping that people take maybe 15 minutes to walk through a house and you can only have, you know, a group of 10 or so in the house. So the agent has to count them. Everyone has to be wearing masks and all that stuff. It just, it's a lot and it could be beneficial. My opinion, not really. From an agent perspective, it's for me to pick up clients. That's what it's therefore yeah i would say from our perspective for sure to pick up clients and then the only other thing i can really think of is it's great for us to be able to tell clients and be like hey if you want to go to an open house to check something out do it like it's kind of their version of like an agent preview where they can just go see different houses and features and they kind of start to get a feel of what they want and they can do it totally by themselves they don't need us to get them in the door so to speak for sure well, okay, so one of our clients this weekend tried to go to an open house and he said that the line was like out the front door. Okay, so it was the house I was telling you about earlier. Um, mm -hmm. The guy would play soccer with. So it was out the front door and we showed him <clears> this <throat> house last year and it popped back up on the market because um, the sellers did some fixes, whatever. It was out the front door, down the sidewalk or down the driveway onto the sidewalk, like <laughs> packed in the pouring rain, <laughs> packed. I don't even know if he got in. <laughs> Only, I mean, so are yeah. open houses really that beneficial? I don't think so. Besides making it look like a madhouse, not really right now. Mm. Um, from a From a seller's perspective, the idea is enticing, but myself personally, if somebody told me about all that stuff, I'd be like, well, then no, just have the serious people come in with their agents and come and see the house. 
Yeah, I think I'll there's a, available for make sure I make it available, you know. Yeah, I think there's a few. It's just about tactics about as far as my, I think there's better marketing that you can do as a, as a seller, you know, as an agent and get that attention kind of going. Um, so we'll transition past open houses um, and we're just going to say the house is live. It's on the market. You're getting attention and you're getting offers. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, how to read an offer and what are some key points that you look for right away. I would say, you know, top three, top five things that you're going to look for right away. I really wish Jess was able to be here tonight. I know. Or I say tonight, I mean, like we're recording at night. <laughs> I wish she was here. She has a sweet spreadsheet that I know she's stoked about. I'm, I love that she has it. She does a breakdown of all the offers and all she has to do is just like input the information. It's great. And, um, it breaks it down and makes it so easy for sellers to read. I just did it with the 15 offers that I had on my house. <laughs> it was great. It made it so much easier because it takes out all of the important important parts, which are um, price, earnest money, which I know a lot of people kind of like, ah, it's earnest money. Like, what's a big deal? For me personally, it's a big deal. Um, uh, price, earnest money, the financing section is kind of its own thing. Um, seller concessions, I'll just lump that into everything that's them asking, buyers asking for closing costs to be paid for or um, for the seller to pay their title fees, which you don't, I haven't seen in five years, I've never seen a buyer ask for the seller to pay title fees. Um, or anything like that. Um, home warranties is another one, would be another seller concession, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but mainly, I think what, I mean, taking the house as is, having your right to the inspections, should you find something major, or maybe you even get cold feet, you get a building inspection done, <clears throat> you submit that building inspection, with your inspection notice. This is how it is in St. Louis. I don't know what it's like for any other state, but you can get a building inspection done and it has to be a building inspection. You cannot just do a, uh, a structural, uh, a foundation inspection. You can't just do a termite inspection. Anybody who says differently is wrong. Wrong. The president of the board of realtors is even saying that that you have to get a building inspection. <laughs> anyway, um, so whenever you say that I'll take the house as is, still can you know keep your right to the inspection so that you can get out should something major be wrong with it. But if you're not really seeing anything that's concerning, you know, offer to take mm -hmm. it as is, waive your inspections. That is what I mean by waive your inspections take the house as is. Sure. I, yeah. Um, so a few of those things, um, I think with, with the offers, you know, when you're looking at it, you're looking at price, you're looking at what contingencies are being waived, if any. Um, and that you said that earnest money, um, which I think a lot of people, like you said, don't really fully understand the importance of it or the, the, the true meaning behind the weight it can have. Sure. Um, but it's different for everybody. And, you know, especially now with houses going for so much over list and everything, 
one thing that we've run into a lot is the appraisal. Um, mm-hmm. So not always offering so much more is better because the appraisal knocks that back down. So you might not stand as much of a chance as you think. Right. But now people are waiving appraisals. Or, well, <laughs> or saying that they'll pay the cash difference between the appraised value and up to a certain dollar value. They may say, hey, we'll pay $5,000 over the appraised value of the home. Like, <laughs> golly it's yeah it's stuff that i would never recommend to my buyers but no people are doing it so that's things to look for in your offers now it's new there's new stuff all the time so um i think that's really all we had um i think that about that about wraps it up um, for sellers, um, if you guys have anything else that you're curious about, whether it's from the beginning or the end or before or after the process, let us know. Yeah. Um, but I think we really hit a lot of the main points there. I'm good with it. Uh, on behalf of uh, Corey, Jess, myself, and Bruno, Corey's um, <laughs> dog, uh, we bid you adieu. Have a great rest of your week. We will catch up with you guys next time. Bye.